to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Wow, what a busy Sunday. Woo! And uh, I just want to honor all the mothers and all the grandmothers. You guys are amazing. You know, they say that mothers are superhuman and think they are really superhuman beings. I know that a lot of moms, you know, we struggle a lot. And uh, for those who don't know, Daniel and I, we have six children. And uh, three of them are already teenagers. And we have three, we call them the three sets of children. The first set. I don't know, sorry, three sets. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Not three sets. <laughs> Two sets of children. <laughs> well, three sets, well, I don't know how to survive. Yeah. Okay. Two sets of children. The first set, they are called the originals. And the second set, the upgraded version. All right? <laughs> they kind of say, like, yeah. And uh, it's amazing how my mom and dad are so different. And, uh, you know, when the mother says that, no, she wants to go to bed, you know, she will go to the living room and then she finds that hey, the plates are not cleared. She will put the plates in the kitchen and then she will wash the plate. And as she was washing the plate, she saw some laundry not washed. Then she will go to the laundry and go to, go to the clothes, pick the clothes, put in laundry. And then, uh, and then she sees the dryer, there's clothes inside. And then she's decided, oh, I need to fold the clothes. And then she remembers that, hey, yeah, I forgot to prepare lunch for my children. So she will start preparing lunch. And then after that, you know, she'll start switching off the, all the lights and she will go and brush her teeth, take a shower and then she sleeps. And when the father says he goes to bed, he just goes to bed. <laughs> so, you know, that's why my husband always say, hey, every time you say, let's go, how can you take five minutes to come out one? Because I have to make sure I switch off the light, I make sure I bring tissue, I bring a water bottle. And so, but when he say, let's go, he just go. He doesn't turn around and see whether I'm following behind. You know, so there's a distinct difference between father and mother. And today, you know, uh, for Mother's Day, um, I saw a comic whereby... Uh, the children say, hey, mom, I want to give you an off day. We already hire people to replace you. They have to hire a doctor, an engineer, a tutor, a nurse, a technician to replace a mother. So mom, you guys are superhuman beings. No, we need like 10 other people to replace you, you know, when we want to take an off day. So, you know, give yourself a pat on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, today is Mother's Day. Enjoy the honor. We wish that every day is Mother's Day, but it doesn't. But today, let's enjoy the honor. If you happen to get an off day, enjoy it. Pamper yourself, go to a spa, do your manicure, whatever. So I hope I get an off day today, darling. And um, today, I'm going to speak a lot from the position as a mother. And as my husband described me, you know, my wife is a loud, energetic, dramatic person. So when you add loud, energetic, and dramatic, it goes to exaggeration, right? So, um, so I because I, I have to speak from a place of a mother, I naturally have to include my children. And you got to understand that some of the things I project is an exaggeration of my feelings. So, please don't judge my children, okay? And, uh, and no, judge me or my husband, all right? I just want to speak freely and openly the struggle of a mother, and so remember, uh, loud, energetic, dramatic, exaggeration. Whatever I say, may you can take some discount, maybe fifty percent or twenty percent. Okay, right? So, so the first thing, let's dive into what I want to share. Um, I the thing about preparing message is, you know, you must come up with a very fanciful uh, title. So I know 
Pastor Andre can do that very well, but I'm not. Lah. So I need to borrow the title from uh, one of a very uh, famous preacher called T.D. Jakes. Uh, and he's, he's called Women, Thou Are Free. Okay, so I no use old English. Okay, women, you are free. All right. So mothers, you are free. Okay, that's the sermon title. Free from what? A lot of things to be free of. Lah. Okay, so today I only have time to touch on two things. Okay, first thing is to be free from value association. What is that? You know, let's look into Matthew 20, 20, all right? And this is where the mother of Zebedee, uh, sons of uh, Zebedee's sons, all right, came to Jesus with her sons, kneeling down and asked God for a favor, asked Jesus. And Jesus said, what is it you want? He asked, so nice tone. Usually when the mother asks, what is it you want? You know, but Jesus, Jesus is very gentle. What is it you want? And the mother said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom. Okay, let's put some context to it. All right, Jesus is a very a popular person and the disciple has been following Jesus. They all thought that he's going to be that earthly, he's going to rule as an earthly king. You know, so when you walk with Jesus, I remember, imagine the band of brothers, Jesus walking and then all the other 12 disciples, wow, you know, that swag, that swag. That's how they feel when they're with Jesus. And so when the mother saw that, you know, he said, I need to secure something. You know, they're now with Jesus. They gave up everything. I want to secure something, their position, uh, with the Lord and say, can I have your right hand? Can my son sit at your right hand and your left hand? Yeah, you understand that in, in those days, right, what does right hand mean? But to us, I sit left, right, doesn't matter, right, you know. But in those days, to sit at the right hand of the ruler means you have rulership, you have power, you have strength, you have wealth. So that is the position that the mother was eyeing for for her sons. He said, I want my sons to be, you know, successful, sit at the right hand of Jesus. But the funny thing is, Jesus has been journeying with his disciple, and he kept preparing them, saying, look, I'm going to a place that you can't be there. You know, my kingdom is not what you are understanding. But they just don't get it. They keep saying that, you know, and Jesus has been telling them, I'm going to a place where you cannot come. It's like, go where, you know? No, I'm coming. And and the interesting um, thought of before this passage, there is a rich young ruler, ruler who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to be safe? You know, I keep the commandments and everything. Because you know the story, Jesus said, no, why don't you sell all that you have and come and follow me? The, the young ruler went away sad because he had a lot in possession and he couldn't bear to sell it to follow Jesus. And so the disciples said, then who can enter the kingdom of God? It's so difficult. You know, and Peter said in, um, in um, chap the previous chapter, um, verse 24, he said, you know, um, no, chapter, no, Matthew 19, verse 21, he said, Lord, I have, we have given up everything. What do we get? We need to get something from Jesus. So now, Mother of the sons of Zebedee say, I want my children to sit on your right and your left. The rest of the disciples say, Wow, we already know the mother come out and secure the seat. What about us? We also want to sit at the right hand of Jesus. We also want to have power. We also want to have value. We also want to have rulership and strength and wealth. And so the disciples, they were not happy. And I tell you what, we all have that value association all the time. You know, we go to a nice hotel, we take photo, 
staycation. Of course, you say you are post for my friend, but really, you know, internally, you're like, see, I can go to a nice place. Or you go to a nice restaurant, take photo, post. I'm not saying everybody has that intention, now, but some of us have, okay? So you have that value, oh, I go to a nice restaurant. Oh, you see a celebrity, or oh, actually you don't know, I just made the person on the street, and then, hey, can I take a photo with you? And then you post, and you feel like, oh, I'm so valuable now because I know this person. Or oh, oh, this is a job that you have that, oh, if I can get this job, my value goes up. No, if I can sit at the right hand of Jesus, my value will go up. You know, I, I feel secure. And as a mother, you know, I know that we shouldn't do that with our children, okay? Well, my children do well. well. I feel so proud. I feel valuable. But when they don't do well, do I still feel like, you know, I, I feel so good? So the mother is trying to, you know, put that association of value, you know, with Jesus for the mother of sons of Zebedee. And, and I'm like, God, you know, I don't want to do that. But I tell you what, I sleep into it. Because as mothers... You know, our children are our pride and joy, you know. And sometimes they become our trophies and it shouldn't be that way, you know. But it happens. We slip into it. Before I have, uh, before Daniel and I got married and have our family, I told myself, you know, I want to have, build a family that's full of joy, laughter, you know, hugs and kisses, different from how I grew up. And, uh, and, and as a young kid, I always ask this question that every child will ask. I ask my parents this. Daddy, mommy, where did I come from? Okay. And in those days, you must understand, my parents are baby boomers, right? They don't have, nowadays, what sex, sex ed, la. the parents can kind of tell you the birds and the bee story, you know, the egg and the sperm. Don't have such things. So my mom and dad, instead of going through explaining, explaining to me what it's all about, they say, you came from where? They, and they say in Canada, oh, you are lasak tong tam fan So you are picked from the rubbish bin. And I I really felt very unwanted, you know, I was growing up, I was like, why did I come from the Lasap Tong, you know, like, why, you know, and so when I had my kids, I, I decided that, you know, from young, I'm going to tell them they came from God, you know, to me, and then uh, if they can understand the birds and the bee stories, you know, the egg and the, the, egg and the sperm, and so I don't want them to grow up thinking that they pick up from somewhere, you know, they, they are wanted by us, and so as little babies, I always sing to them, you know, uh, I, I'd learned all these uh, nursery songs and I would sing to them, uh, Ten little fingers, ten little toes, two twinkling eyes, one tiny nose, a blessing, a blessing, you are a blessing, a blessing from God. And I mean, I just sold that, you know, from young, they're so precious, you know, they're so valuable. I want them to grow up, you know, feeling proud, you know, and so... And, and this thing as they are growing up, we, we have all these forbidden words at home. The S word. I say little censor out. The stupid word cannot be used. The good for nothing words cannot be the crazy words. So I have to educate my parents because they say that to us when we were young. I say for your grandchildren in my house, you can never say such word, okay? You only say positive word. You are great. You are a blessing. You are love. And so we do all that. And one day, uh, as they were growing up, we were sitting in the service. A youth pastor was preaching. And then he used the S word. And so my children heard it and they turned to me with their mouth wide open. Mommy, he used the S word. And I go like, wow, pastor. Leh. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond. Yeah, la, bad pastor, la, bad pastor. I don't want to tell you who's the preacher, okay? Bad pastor, anyhow say. You know? So I feel very proud. Uh, my children know the difference between good and bad. 
right? They don't use all these words. From young, I trained them already. They only say uh, words of life, positive word. Fast forward. <laughs> they grow up, okay? Parents, uh, if you're young kids, when they're 11 and 12, this is the period. Okay, I can speak to you as a parent, but you all, the rest of you are children, right? You all have a play children. You all understand, okay? When you were 10 and 11, right? That's the stage where you become defiant and you retaliate. So one day, one of my kids came back. I don't know why he was, was she or I can't remember. This child was very angry, all right? And in a fit of anger, he used a tool like that, you know? And then I sat there, I was like, that can't be my child. My children won't say such words. From young, I already trained them. How can he do like that out? I tell you, my world crashed. I was like, oh no, what's wrong? I thought I had been doing well as a mother. How come my children can be like this? You know, it took me a while to recover. Fast forward again, okay? Uh, I had a kind of like a heated argument with one of these kids. And then... This child decided to write a hate note, okay? A hate note that's not supposed to be read by anybody, okay? She wrote the hate note, hide it under the pillow. Then my helper came and cleaned the house and found the hate note. And she said, hey, Mom, can you come read this? <laughs> I opened the letter. Every sentence is peppered with vulgarity. He's like, I do, da, 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 my mother do, da, 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 and I was like, I tell you, I, I don't know, I don't know, I, I, I really, really, truly, you know, my world shattered. And I took a photo, I sent it to Daniel, I remember. I like, what have I done wrong? What did I do? And I felt so lousy. I still remember, I don't know how to respond. What should I do? What should I do? A tear paper? Or I should, you know, rehearse in my mind, should I scold her? Or what should I do? At the end of the day, I wrote at the bottom of the note, I said, you know, I love you no matter what. And then I sign off and I pin it on the notice board in their room. <laughs> and oh, well, you're clear. You know how bow I was so devastated. Okay. Fast forward again, all right. Just recently, not too long ago. All right. All hell, broke, all hell broke loose because my teenagers came against their mother. Okay, now this exaggeration, right? They would not say, no, I never... But to me, they all gang up against me. All right? They were extremely rude to me. They were disrespectful. They didn't want to... Say, say, say. And I know, I know the, the, there will be an opposition force, but you know... But I was so... Filming mad. I was like, how can my children be like this? They're indifferent. And I really, literally, I went to this state of depression, you know. And, and, and I couldn't wait. Usually when I wake up, I'm wah. But I couldn't wake up. I lost the drive. And I keep asking myself, how can I fail as a mother like this? How can my children be like this? What did I do wrong? I rehearsed my parenting style. Okay, maybe I was too nice to them. So now I shouldn't be nice to them. Uh, maybe... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I didn't discipline them, so now I should discipline them. So, so, so all this thing crossed my mind, you know. And then I, I said to myself, I should stop teaching parenting class already, because I disqualify myself because my children they are like this. I don't think I should teach marriage for life already. 
because I now I don't know. I don't think I'm a good mother. No, I'm not a good mom. So this thing keep coming to me, you know, and I spiral down and I literally went into some form of depression. Mal, la, you know, I still can eat. La. Okay, but I find it hard to get up in the morning to, you know, feel all excited. You know, I was teary at times, wondering like, what have I done wrong? You know, all these things I wanted my children, you know, when they behave well, I feel so well, but when they don't behave well, you know, I really, my world crashed. And so I decided to take the approach of Peter, the disassociation strategy. Okay? When Jesus was taken, you know, so before that, Peter would say to Jesus, uh, Jesus would say, I know I'm going to a place that you cannot come. You know, one of you will betray me. And he said, Everyone will forsake you. I will not forsake you, Jesus. And Jesus said, before the rooster crow, you know, you'll deny me three times. You know, he's still very gung-ho. And so the thing happened. That Jesus was taken away, like a criminal, taken away. So for Peter, his king, his ruler, his leader is taken away as a criminal. And, he, and everyone fled. Okay? And then it came to a place, Peter, you know, Matthew 26. Now Peter was sitting in a courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. And he denied it before them all. I don't know what you are talking about, he said. Then he went into the gateway where another servant girl saw him and he said to the people, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know him. Now he, now he started, I, I swear to you, I don't know this guy, all right? Then after a while, those standing who there went up to Jesus, surely you're one of them. Your accent gave you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them I do not know this man he I do 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 I don't know this man you're done so I thought okay I shall take that approach with my kids okay the disassociation strategy I don't know him you know now he's a criminal and I sounds like criminal I don't know them so I said to them I decided in my heart I don't want to be nice to them so when they talk to me I'll like what I have to psycho myself that I don't want to be nice what I don't know and I don't want to talk to them unless it's necessary. Okay, my husband witnessed all these things. And then I told them, this thing, disassociation to the ultimate. Don't call me mommy. Not your mommy. My children are not like that. My children are good children. When you become good, then call me mommy. <laughs> so, you know, we do that disassociation, right? And yeah, don't judge me. I'm sharing with you, okay? I didn't call down curses, but you know, I was like, I was so angry. I told them, and then I started to text them. Okay, you cannot, by this time you should be doing this. At this time you should be doing this. If you don't do this, all these things will be taken away. And then my son's like, mom, what is this? Why can't we have a, why can't we have a conversation? Like, why do you have to text me? I'm like, that's it. Don't talk to me. I said it. This is my house. I'm the owner. I paid a utility bill. I paid a food. You listen to me. And then I think, I was, I was so bad that I think some of their friends also think, I think Auntie Joy has gone bananas really. <laughs> so fierce, you know. Don't want to say hi to their friends when they come to my house. So angry, you know. And, and so Peter, he decided to deny Jesus. And then, and then in verse 75, he said, Peter, as he was cursing and he, as he was swearing, he said, I don't know this man. Immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I don't have a rooster at home. Okay? But I have a husband. Yeah, right? He didn't crow. Right? He spoke. 
Okay. And uh, he is my voice of reason. He was like, Joy, don't, don't be like this. That's not you. Our children are good children. <laughs> How dare you say they are good children? <laughs> no, really, they are good children. Don't be like this, all right? And I so appreciate my husband, okay? And he came in at the run. He didn't, he didn't scold me. He just say, you're not like that. Don't do this, you know. Our children, they are good children. And, and I have to wrestle with the Lord. I wrestled when, my, when the rooster crowed or when my husband spoke, right? I, I, I went to the Lord. Okay, I went away. I, be, I weep bitterly and said, God, you've got to help me in this, you know. And the Lord said, Joy, number one, okay? Number one, when you encounter conflict like this, okay? You will have conflicts in relationship. When you encounter conflicts like this, don't disassociate, okay? That is not the right way to cope with pain. Okay, you don't disassociate. And I realized that I wanted to disassociate with them because they're causing me a lot of pain. Okay, I, I, my children. No, not my children. When I say not my children, I could temporarily cut out the pain. But that's not the right way to, you know, uh, cope. And we do that all the time in relationship. You know, in a BGR, your, your boyfriend says something not nice to you. Don't want to talk to him. Cold shoulder one whole week. Right? Message me, I also don't want to reply, disassociate. Right? Or when you're going through a struggle, walking with a friend, um, a mentor who's close to you, and a mentor corrects you, say, hey, you know, what you're doing is not good. Wow. Why you correct me? Ah? Wow. Disassociate. Right? Unfriend on Facebook. <clears throat> don't follow on Instagram. Everything you cut, cut, cut. You know, because you want, but because the truth spoken hurts, and, you, and that it's painful, you know, and you want to cut off, you want to disassociate. Okay, but that's not the right thing. So God said to me, you do not disassociate your children. Okay? You must learn to deal with that pain. Okay? And how do we deal with God's pain? I'll tell you another time. Okay? But we must learn to deal with that pain. Okay? And I have to learn to deal with the pain, you know, the pain of parenting. You know, I, I have to struggle with my children. And then second thing, the Lord said, Joy, you know, it's not about you. Okay? Don't make this about you. Okay? It's about them. What do you mean it's not about me? It's all about me. I'm a poor mother. You see, now my children grow up like that. You see, now how they're going to be helpful. It's all about me. And God said, No, it's not about you. It's about them. They need your help. And I go, like, They need my help. I already help them. I cannot help them anymore. I try my best, really. They're beyond hope, beyond help. I say, and then the Lord said, No, you're going to help them because. As a foster mother, I learned about helping broken children, how to not see their you know, explosion of emotion, but to look deep within them and find out what is wrong with them. Let me help them. Okay, with my own children, I don't know why, I just spiral down, like, I'm going to help them. And God said, no, I want you to help them. I want you to see them as they are. Okay, they are not bad children. All right? They are great. You know, the gifts from me. I want you to see potential in them. I want to see greatness in them. And something has to switch. Okay? It's not about me. Okay? Don't make things all about you. Right? When somebody says something like, especially when a spouse says to me, you know, as, you know, when, when Daniel came and said, oh, no, I feel uh, that I'm not supported by you. Straight away, I tell you, this associate. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm not supported? You? You know, I do this, I do this, I do this. What do you mean I'm not supportive? And I don't even bother to hear him out. Why he doesn't feel like he's supported. And then I start cutting off things. I stop helping him with the children. I start helping. This was bad. And then now I learn. I say, when he says, I don't feel supported, I'll ask him, why do you feel this way? <laughs> How can I make you feel better? Because right? it's not about me. He's telling me his feelings, right? It's not about me. And don't make everything about me. It's about him. So when my children, you know, when your children... 
act up. It's what's about? What's about you? You know, what's about them? You know, God, how can I help them? Third thing, the Lord said to me, I know you. I know who you are. Okay. So the thing about Peter, you know, he went away, he denied Jesus, he disassociated. And the thing that Jesus came to restore him, okay, in John 21, they were Jesus in his resurrected form, eating breakfast with his disciples, said to Simon Peter, to, Say, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lamb. And then he said to him again, a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Simon said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then he said, Tend my sheep. And Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And Peter said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And that's what God said, Joy, I know you. I know who you are. Okay, you are not vulgar. You're not disrespectful. Everything that's happened, it's not about you. Help your children. I know you. And that brings me a lot of comfort. It broke me free from this value association with my kids. Like, if they do good, I'm good. When they don't do good, I'm still good because God knows me. They, my value is not dependent on their performance. My value is not dependent on my spouse's de- uh, performance. My value as a child is not dependent on my parents' performance. And I'm so glad that, you know, even if I can fail as a parent, God still sees my children as precious. Even with my, all my wrongdoings, my, God still sees my children with great potential. And it's the same, you know. And, and, and that gave me a lot of... Um, Confidence to know that I can fail, but God doesn't fail because He knows me. I can fail, but God knows my children. They don't have to fail. And so I'm going to move to the next thing. Okay, we are free from that value association. And then as I was going through this um, depression, right, for a short period of time, uh-huh, not very depressed. Okay, very hard for a joyful person. Oh, yeah, that's a myth. They would think that hey, a joyful person won't feel depressed. Okay, that's a myth. Okay. Um, it happens even to the happiest person that appear happy. They can also feel depressed. So in my depressed state, I said to God, you know, I think I should give up fostering already. <laughs> no, I cannot fulfill my dream because my children, <laughs> they're not performing. <laughs> no, I don't have, I have no more credibility to speak. <laughs> and then, um, and I thought like, that's it, like, I'm gone. My dreams are gone. And the Lord said, no, Joy. That's totally two separate matters. Okay, your dream will still continue to live because your dream is not dependent on the performance of your children. Your dream is not dependent on the performance of your spouse or anybody else. Your dream that I have given to you is for you. I value the dreams that I have given to you. And the second, and then the thing is, I remember when I was uh, parenting, right? Um, my kids when they were young, I decided I made a, a wrong uh, decision. I said. I will lay down all my dreams. Okay? I'm not going to pursue anything in my career just for my kids. I just want to be home with my children. So my husband can saw. Everybody can saw except me. Okay? I need to hold the fort. I'm not going to saw. I sacrifice my dreams and my desires. And one day, one of our friends, you know, whom we never met before, came and said, um, asked me this one, Joy, what is your dream? I'm like, yeah. I never met before. It's a friend of a friend, okay? <laughs> never met before a friend of a friend. So associated friend, okay? So I was like, what's my dream? I, I couldn't articulate 
because my dream has lost has been long gone. I never even dream about anything. All I dream is my children will grow up well. I said, I, 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 I don't have a dream. I don't know what's my dream. And that got me thinking and say, what is your dream, Joy? What is your dream? I have put a dream in your heart. What have you done to the dream? And I often hear, you know, um, from young mothers, uh, young ladies who are about to get married, they say, you know, I dream to be a good mother. And that's a great aspiration. We all want to be a good mother. Who wants to be a bad mother? Nobody. We all dream, all right? And we all want to perform well as a role, but we cannot confuse the role that we play and the dreams of God have put in our hearts. Okay, we must play our role well. I want to play my role as a mother well, but I also must play my role as a child of God well. You know, we can't just say, I want to be a good mother, period, stop. No, we must play our role as a child of God. So as a mother, even when my children don't respond well, all right, they don't play their role, they're not good children, you still cook for them, right? You still care for them, you still wash their laundry. I still remember my mother one time, she was so angry at me, she threw all my dirty laundry in my room and said, I don't want to wash your clothes for you anymore. I was like, oh, disassociation, okay, understand. Okay, and then I had to wash my own clothes. After a while, she will still wash it. You know? So we will play our role no matter how our children perform. And, and I said, God, I want to play that role well, but I also want to pursue the dreams in my heart. And I don't think that you know, our children should assume that, uh, assume that responsibility of our unfulfilled dreams. Mommy, why you never fulfill your dream? You, law, I have to take care of you. How would they feel like, huh? I'm the reason why my parents cannot fulfill their dream. That's not what I want. Our children want us to fulfill our dreams. And I said to one of my friends, I said, you know, when I hear the thank you speech by my children during their wedding day, right? We always hear this thank you day. Or the eulogy, lah. maybe not, I cannot get to hear, okay? But they will... <laughs> okay, but... You know, they will always say, I thank my mother for cooking for me, for taking care of me, for, for just loving me. You know, I thank my father for working very hard, for providing. And, and I tell you, our children will truly appreciate that sacrifice. But I said to one of my friends, I said, you know, I know I sacrifice a lot, but when my children give their thank you speech to me, or, during their, and, or give the eulogy, right? I want them to say, you know, my mom, okay, it's, very, it's not just sacrificial, who gave everything to me to provide for me. But my mom is this crazy woman who pursued the dreams of God in her heart. And she inspires me to do the same. You know, they say that the cemetery is the richest place on earth. There's so many potential unreleased, so many dreams unfulfilled. Let Let's not bring our dream and our unfulfilled or un unrealized potential to the grave. Let our dream flies so that our children will find the courage to do the same. And I want to pursue God with all my heart. You know, I'm not here to tell you how you should parent. You know, parenting uh, is a skill and we all need that. We need to play that role well. You know, so I encourage you all to sign up for parenting class. Okay? But there's something, you know, parenting... Abilities and techniques is not a guarantee for your children's future. Our only security is in our journey, in our walk with God, in our relationship with God. You know, you can play your role as a parent well, 
But your children must also play their role. They must assume responsibility. You can try as hard as you can, but there's no movement there. Nothing is going to happen. And how is that movement going to be made? It's when you walk with God, when you have a relationship with God. You will pray into being, God, let my children respond to you. You know, I can try and neck, nothing's going to happen. But God has our kids. You know, God can move the, our, the hearts of our children and say, let my children respond to you. And I say, God, I want to do that. I want to do that. And, I, and as I know Pastor Andre said, you know, we are a community of faith. Okay? We are not a community of what experts have said. No, we're not a community of what counsellors say. We are a community of faith. And in this journey, we must have faith. As parents, we must have faith. Okay? There's no security until you have that faith journey. You know, we must have faith that God, you get our children. Okay? I cannot wait until my children behave well, then I pursue the dreams in my heart. Because I tell you what, I have six children. Okay? One can be up, the other one can be down. Okay? They go like that. Sometimes they are all up, but they sometimes, bless my heart, lah, all go down. Wow. You know, if I have to wait for their emotions to stabilize, for their behavior to stabilize, I can guarantee you, I will never, never step out and pursue my dreams because I cannot control them. Then after that, they start having children. Then uh, uh, to take care of my grandchildren, and my grandchildren also like that. So when am I ever, ever going to step out? Now is the time. Okay. Maybe it's a season now, you have young kids, it's a season. But you know what? Position yourself and say, God, I want to fulfill that dream. When, is it, when I'm ready, launch me out. Okay. Don't make children your excuse. Oh, I cannot. Because they, primary school or kindergarten no, 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 no. Position yourself. Say, God, when I'm ready, launch me out. Okay, I want to finish with this Psalms. Psalm 139. I love this. The Passion Translation. If you have your Bible, digital Bible, go to the Passion Translation. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. Okay? You perceive every moment of my heart and soul and you understand my thought even before it enters my mind. Wow. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step. That's amazing. That's how much God knows me. And breaks me free from that value association. He knows me. He knows the intent of my heart. He knows my thought. He knows even before I speak. He said, you know every step I will take before my journey even begins. This is the verse. You have gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. God has gone into our future. Our dreams, He has gone right into our future. He comes back and He says, I prepare a way. I'm going to break you free from the past. Spare you from the harm of the past. I'm going to launch you forward.